Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Boosting Your Financial IQ. Do you know what the coolest part of my job is? No, it's not sitting here in a studio recording podcast episodes or creating videos or building out the content on the Boosting Your Financial IQ app. I do enjoy that stuff, don't get me wrong. But my favorite part, the best part of my job is hearing from people from all around the world. So people reach out all the time via Instagram, LinkedIn, through email, or they download the app and they connect in the community section, which is really neat because I love to hear from the community. So if you're thinking about reaching out and you haven't yet, like, please, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to understand where you're at in life. So through this process of collecting all this feedback and connecting with people in the community, great people like you, by the way, I have noticed a theme and there's a theme regarding spending. And I assume that this is coming about because there are a lot of places around the world that are dealing with an economic recession. Okay. Globally, I think we are in a recession or most economies are in a downturn. So when we are in this economic state, people start cutting back on their spending or their spending habits start to become magnified. And that's why I imagine most people are reaching out about this topic. Well, just the other day, another person named Tiffany, Tiffany, if you're listening to this podcast, oh my gosh, I am so glad that you reached out the other day. Tiffany is awesome, by the way. She reached out. She's very vulnerable, very open with me, very authentic, very real. And I just, I connect really well with that. So Tiffany reached out. She had a question about her spending and I was thinking, okay, where can I direct her? And I've been speaking about this across multiple podcast episodes, but then I thought, you know what? People are interested in this topic. Let me just do an episode that specifically addresses spending. So we're going to be talking about how to get your spending under control today. And there's going to be a slight twist on this. It's probably not what you expect. And just a warning, I may say things and be kind of direct in this episode. So I may hurt some people's feelings. And if I hurt your feelings, look, I'm really sorry. I never mean to hurt people's feelings. But look, I have to speak the truth and I have to be direct because some people out there, they like it. And when you're ready to change in your life, sometimes it's that directness that will give you that extra push to move forward and to build that momentum you need to really drive lasting change in your life. Look, I get it. Okay. I've been in bad financial situations before. I've been through hell and back when it comes to finances. Okay, I started my first business when I was 16 years old. I grew up for 13 years. I saw ups and downs. There are periods of that time where I was leveraging my credit card. Okay, I was maxing out my credit card just to make it through the winter to get to one more season. Okay, so I know what it feels like to think, crap, am I gonna be able to cover payroll? And if you're not a business owner, look, I've been in situations where it's like, dang, money is so tight. It's so tight and it's so stressful and it creates all this fear and all this anxiety and it's a terrible place to be in. So if we can't get our spending under control, it doesn't matter how much money you make. I was working with an executive years ago and he made $500,000 a year. And guess what? He spent about $600,000 a year. He was terribly in debt. He was super leveraged and he just wasn't living a good life. I mean, you could tell, you could look at him and you could tell he wasn't getting a good night's sleep every night. He's probably fearful and anxious and constantly worried about money. In our conversations, guess what they revolved around? Money. It's like money, money, money. That's all we talked about. Money and things and materialism and all this crap 
that I don't necessarily care about. I felt bad for the guy. So most people are thinking, oh my gosh, I would love to make $500,000 a year. Well, you can, but like I said, if you're spending all of it, you're going to be absolutely miserable. And this podcast is about boosting your financial IQ, but it's also designed to help you live a better financial life. That's what I care about the most. I care about you and I care about your financial life. Okay. I don't care about you understanding how to read an income statement or a balance sheet as much as I care about you getting control of your financial life and getting your financial house in order. So let's talk about that and let's be real in this episode. Okay. When I was responding to Tiffany, I was thinking of different things I could tell her to get her spending under control. So I mentioned, okay, you could do a a cash envelope system where you take envelopes and when you get paid, you cash your check and then you take that cash and you distribute it in different envelopes like for dining out or entertainment or rent or utilities or whatever it may be. You have different envelopes for your different budget categories and once that envelope is out of cash, you could either take cash from another envelope or you're done. Like you don't get to go put money on a credit card or spend what you don't have. So that's one system. So I thought of that. The other advice that I thought was, okay, try to restrain yourself, practice self-discipline. And if you see something you want, you know, wait a few days or wait a week. And then if you still want it, then go buy it. Maybe that will help to curb your spending. But then after I responded, I thought, you know what? Really what it comes down to is paying yourself first. That's probably the best way to get control of your spending. I've talked about this before. So many gurus out there say you need to have a budget, which I believe, especially in business, you need to have a forecast. In your personal life, you need to have a budget. But sometimes people just aren't going to create a budget. I've created tools for people. In the app, I have a template. You could download a budget template. You could watch a video. You have all the tools right in front of your face to build a budget and to get into the habit and the routine of managing your money in this manner. But guess what? Still, most people don't do it. In fact, I think it's like one out of 10 people actually create a budget and then follow it. So for the nine out of 10 people out there, if you're listening and you're like, Steve, I'm not going to do a budget or you say, yeah, I'm going to get to a budget one day. Okay. I know you're not going to do it. So instead just do this. Don't have a budget. Just pay yourself first. Okay. So let's talk about how this works. Every time I get paid, every time I pay myself, a portion of my check automatically gets transferred to my individual brokerage account. I have an individual brokerage account where I can invest in stocks and other financial assets and money just comes right out of my check and it goes into that account. So it continuously builds. Also, I put aside money for savings. I have a restricted savings account. So I have a checking account, a personal checking account. I have an account for my travel. I have an account for my taxes because I'm self-employed. I have my own businesses, so I have to make estimated payments and I have to account for the taxes that I'll owe. So I have a tax savings account. And then I have a regular savings account and then I have a restricted savings account. And this is an account that I never touch. This is like my rainy day fund. But beyond that, it's just money that I forget about and it's there in, in case there's a major disaster. Okay, this is above and beyond my emergency funds. That's why I call it restricted savings. I also take advantage of tax-deferred investment accounts like my IRA. Okay, so whatever you do and however you want to distribute the money you save is really up to you. But when I say pay yourself first, make sure that a portion of your check goes to either put it in savings, put it in your individual brokerage account, put it in your 401k, your IRA, your 403b, whatever you may have, 
or put it into some other investment vehicle that will help you to prepare for the future. Okay, so I don't care how you distribute it after you pay yourself, but the fact of the matter is you're taking a portion of your money and you're putting it aside for your future self. Do you know how pissed off your 80-year-old self is gonna be at you right now? So if you're 20 years old, it's gonna travel from the future, come back and kick your butt if you are spending all your money right now and you're not preparing for retirement. I know people that are still working, they're in their 70s and 80s trying to pay off their mortgage. You do not wanna be this person, okay? That's super stressful and you're gonna delay some of the greater years in your life of living those years because you're working and you're tied down to financial obligations. Now's the time to prepare for the future. Look, I know it can be hard because we are short-sighted and it's hard to look that far into the future and think, oh my gosh, I need to start preparing for that. Or you may think, I don't even know where to begin, Steve. Or you may think it's not even enough. I'm not even making that much money. I make like a hundred bucks a week and you want me to put aside money here? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So it doesn't matter if you're making a hundred bucks a month or if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a month, pay yourself first. Okay, so let's get into the weeds of this. I recommend at least 10% of your pay, okay? If you could do 20% or 30% or 40%, that's great. If you're married, maybe you could live off one income. Take the other person's income if they're working and just put it all in savings. So whatever position you're in right now, doesn't matter your age, okay? Put aside at least 10% of your money and pay yourself first. Take this money, put it aside, invest it for the future. It's gone, out of sight, out of mind. You're not putting there and then you're gonna come back and spend it. It's gone, it's out of your account, it's in a different account and it's restricted. That's number one. Okay, so now let's go back to Tiffany and her overspending problem. And look, it's not just Tiffany, it's millions of people around the world that have spending issues. Okay, I know this to be true. I've worked in a lot of situations where I've helped people manage their personal finances, and this is a major deal. But this isn't just an episode for individuals. This is also true with business leaders, with entrepreneurs who are running businesses. The same type of thing is true in companies. A lot of companies have spending issues as well, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. It's because their ethos and their strategy and their financial management practices don't all align, and therefore they have spending issues and profitability issues. So if you are an entrepreneur, you could pay yourself first too. Every time you collect money from customers, you could put money aside in an account and make it restricted, which is funny in business because oftentimes businesses have it backwards. They get revenue from the sales that they generate. They pay all their costs, and then they pray that they'll have some type of profitability left over. That is so backwards. So with companies, I say, put profit first. Put your desired profit into an account. Then pay all your expenses. And then if there's nothing left, guess what? There's a problem. You'll know that really quickly. And then you need to change your pricing or reduce your cost or grow your volume or whatever it may be, but you'll know right away in business if something is not working. When you put profit last, you go out there and you do all this work. You put in all this energy. You create these products and services and you just like grind in business and you hope that there's money left over. Don't do that. Put profit first. So in your life, in your personal life, do the same thing. So if you have a spending problem, sure, you can rely on sheer heroics, okay? But I imagine Tiffany is 
very smart. She's very ambitious. Okay. She's got her crap together. Trust me. But sheer heroics won't always save us because there are things that are wired in our heads, which we'll talk about here in a minute, that prevent us from following through with what we actually want. Like we want to have financial security. We want to have financial freedom, but our psyches are sometimes jacked up and then we end up overspending and we end up in debt and we're not living our best financial lives. Okay. So relying on sheer heroics, meaning, okay, you're just going to say, yes, this week, I'm just not going to overspend. I'm going to promise myself. I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to set a goal. And then guess what? We don't do that. We go ahead and overspend. We feel guilty. We feel shame. We feel like crap because we can't even follow through with our dang resolutions. We can't even get control of our lives. And this creates massive discontent. So I don't want you to live in that situation. So let's break the cycle. So can you pay yourself first? That's a question I'm asking you. Can you pay yourself first? So think about it. Are you going to commit to me right now? Not next month, not in a year, not after you get that promotion, not after you have that baby or you get married or the kids leave the house or whatever it may be. When you get that degree right now, can you pay yourself first? Let's take a quick break. All right, I have to interrupt the show, but I'll be super quick. I have a question for you. Who are you working for? Chances are you're working for everyone else besides yourself. Think about it. You're working for shareholders by grinding away in someone else's company. You're working for a bank by paying interest. You're working for the government by paying taxes. You're working for social media companies by giving your attention to their paid advertisers. You're working for your friends by doing crap that you don't want to do. You're working for everyone else by not pursuing the most essential things you are destined to achieve. Look, I've been there. I'm still there at times. Ugh, it could be so frustrating. If you want to achieve financial freedom, the fastest way to do it is through business. Don't get tricked by get-rich-quick schemes. Don't be fooled that your 401k is going to build you wealth. Don't waste time by trying to piece business finance together. Check this out. Here's my invitation. Go to byfiq.com, which stands for Boosting Your Financial IQ, Com and check out our programs. We have one for every possible path you're on. Whether your goal is to become fluent in business finance, launch a profitable business, or scale a business successfully, we have a solution to help you. I promise you, your life will change when you take action. So check out these opportunities that I've prepared for you. Now back to the show. So it's very simple. You can create an automatic transfer online. I'm sure most of you have access to an online banking account. Go in there and set up a reoccurring transfer. You know how much you get paid and make that happen every single time you get paid and transfer it into a separate account. Or if you set up an individual brokerage account because you want to invest in financial assets that I was talking about earlier, set up recurring transfers or set up recurring transfers to come out of your check to go in your 401k, your IRA, whatever it may be. Can you do that? right now. Okay. If you're driving, don't do that. Okay. Keep driving, stay focused on the road. If you're running like I do when I run and listen to podcasts, don't run off that trail. Sometimes I'm like trying to text and type while I'm running. It's a little crazy, but what I'm saying here is like, commit to it today, commit to it today, like change your life, pay yourself first. You're totally worth it. Okay. We're going to talk about self-worth here in just a minute, but that's the first thing that I would ask you to do is pay yourself first. Then whatever is left over 
obviously you're going to prioritize your bills. I hope you're going to pay your rent. You're going to pay your utilities. You're going to buy food. Then whatever's left over, if you just cannot control yourself and you just have to spend every last dollar, at least you spend all that money, but you know, you're setting aside 10, 20, 30, 40%, whatever it may be. Then your guilt will diminish. Your shame will decrease and you'll be able to live more freely. Okay. So that's number one. And that's what I should have said to Tiffany. So I'm glad I'm saying it right now on the podcast, because I think this is really important for all of you who are listening. So I did a search, I did some research and I found the top five reasons why people overspend. Okay. Here are five reasons. Let's talk about these. Number one, a lack of self-discipline. Okay, sure. Right. So you're at the store, you know, you have your bills coming up and you're like, oh my gosh, like, look at that new shirt. It is so cool. I just can't contain myself. And it goes in your car and you take it to the checkout stand and you buy it. And then you're like, crap, you feel like crap afterwards because you weren't true to yourself. You overspent, you spent money that you didn't have, whatever it may be. You broke a promise to yourself. You broke your integrity and therefore you're going to feel bad. So this lack of self-discipline, yes, I can see how some people have it. And that's why, yes, you should practice self-discipline. That's really critical. But if you just can't get control of yourself, make it simple, automate it. Pay yourself first, like I talked about, set up those automatic transfers and payments so you don't have to rely on your self-discipline or the lack thereof. Reason number two is impulse buying. You go out, you're out with your friends, you're out at the store, you just go to the grocery store to pick up some eggs, and next thing you know, you have a case of your favorite soda, you have popcorn, you have chocolate, you have that beach towel that you had to have that was sitting there on clearance, and you have a bunch of other random crap. Okay, like I get it, that's impulse buying. Or you go to the mall because you wanna buy a gift for your friend, and next thing you know, you're buying gifts for yourself, okay? So sure, impulse buying can be a thing. Also, if you're on your phone at night in bed, that's where a lot of impulse buying happens, either at night or in the morning. You wake up, you feel like crap. You're like, you know what? Here's a quick fix. Go to Amazon, shebang. You just bought a few things and you get that instant hit of dopamine. Be very careful of that. Okay, buying things on your phone, it, it, it creates this disconnect between the digital currency world and the real world. So it's so easy to buy stuff to push that button. And then later on, you're like, dang, that went on my credit card. I don't have the money to pay for that. Or you have the money, but you're just seeing your spending spiral out of control. You have to be very careful. Reason number three is boredom. Okay, so maybe people are bored and like, hey, I just want to go shopping. I want to go spend money. Number four, social pressure. So people feel like they have to fit in. Or if they don't have the newest or coolest gadget, they're not going to be liked by others. And then number five is a lack of financial literacy. So some people, sure, they just don't understand how money flows in and money flows out. I get that. So those are the five reasons that I found when I did my research, but you know what? I think there's a bigger issue here to talk about, and that's our relationship with money and our self-worth. The other week I was cleaning out my closet. So I do this sometimes. Maybe I'm a control freak. Maybe it's a way for me to pour out my metaphorical cup of water so I can receive more, whatever it may be. But oftentimes, especially on Sundays, it's my day to just prepare for the rest of the week. And therefore I find myself going through my drawers, going through my closet and getting rid of things. So this is what I was doing the other Sunday. Now, if you know me, 
my closet is color coordinated. So all my shirts are color coordinated from white or the lightest garment all the way to the darkest garment. I have my pants in one section. I have my t-shirts and my long sleeve and my dress shirts. I have my suits all color coordinated. I'm a total nerd. Okay. So that's a little bit about Steve's personal life. But when I was going through my closet, it's not like I have a bunch of crap. Okay. It's not like I have tons of jeans and shirts and whatever. And if you do, Hey, no shame on you. I'm just talking about for Steve. Okay. So I don't mean to offend you. If you like clothes, Hey, that's great. What you should know though, a little side note, I do have a bunch of vans. I probably have like 12 pairs of vans. So who am I to talk when I say, Oh, I only have two pairs of jeans. Well, I have 12 pairs of vans. Okay. So that's my weakness there. I love vans. I wear vans like almost every day. It's a California thing. I grew up in California in my closet. I already live pretty minimally, but I was going through things and here's how I make decisions on what to keep and what to get rid of. If it's not a heck yes, then it's a no. Okay. If it's not a heck yes, it's a no. So when I look at a shirt, for example, I have this red shirt. I've had it forever. It has a little pocket. It's a nice shirt. It's a nice t-shirt and I'll put it on. I'll try it on and I'll put it on with these shorts and I'll get ready to head out for the day. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, ah, I just don't like how the bottom is kind of stretched out and it just sits weird on my shoulders. So I take it off and I hang it back up on the hanger. Well, I've been doing this for the past year and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I don't even wear this shirt. I haven't even worn it in a year. So I got rid of it. So that's what I do. I go through my stuff and I'm like, okay, if I don't absolutely love it, I'm getting rid of it. So it felt so good to fill a couple bags of giveaway stuff. And like I said, I live super minimally. So that's a lot of stuff for me. I'm constantly clearing out my stuff to make room for the new opportunities that are coming my way. So the same thing is true for you. I don't want to get on a tangent here, but in your life, if you're overspending, you're probably acquiring a bunch of material crap and everything you bring into your home takes your energy. It takes your time. It takes your mental power. You have to clean it. You have to dust it. You have to care for it. You have to insure it. All this stuff takes away pieces of your life. Okay. So I, I bring this up because the two things are correlated. You're overspending unless you're spending on like intangible things like movies or video games or whatever things that you can't hold like digital things. You're probably acquiring a lot of tangible crap. And I've been there. Okay. I've been there before and it sucked away so much of my time. When I was younger, when I was in my twenties, I had a truck, I had a car, I had a boat, I had all this stuff, right? And it was just taking up so much of my time and so much of my energy. And then that's when I realized, okay, I'm going to start clearing things out and simplifying my life. And that's what I did. You know, I met this guy, Peter once, and he's the owner of this company called Bicicleta Verde in Santiago, Chile. So if you live in Chile and you're listening to this, check it out. See if uh, Bicicleta Verde is still around and, and see if he's still running the company. But anyways, you know, I, I love meeting this guy. He's an inspiration to me. He said he used to live the corporate life. He was going around, you know, working tons of hours. And then one day he said, look, what am I doing? So he just simplified his life. He moved to Chile and he got rid of all his clothes in his closet and he just simplified. He just bought like one type of t-shirt and like one type of pants and shorts. And he just simplified his life. And I thought that's really cool because the material things that we bring into our lives can complicate things and it could create a lot of discontent for us. So going back to the spending issue that I'm talking about, like 
as you can see, number one, the first fix is just pay yourself first. But beyond that, a lot of it is in our mindset, in our relationship with money. So let me provide a little bit more context into my relationship with money. If you've listened to other podcast episodes, you know that I was raised by a single mom and money was this bad thing. We didn't have a lot of money. Money was scarce. Money took my mom away from me because she had to go work multiple jobs just to pay the bills. So I resented money. I had this bad relationship with money. There's never enough. There's a scarcity. Also, if you know me, my father left me when I was three and my four other siblings at the time. There's five of us that my mom had with my dad. Okay, there's seven of us all together in my family. I love my brothers and sisters. We're super close. But during the time, it's really hard because I grew up without a father. So throughout my whole childhood in my adolescent years, I thought, why did my dad leave? If I was worth something, why the heck did my dad abandon us? Now, unfortunately, he had his own demons and addictions that he struggled with, which I have since gained a new perspective and a greater amount of empathy for him. You know, now that I've been able to process it and heal from this whole thing, but I could tell you it was traumatic growing up without a father and it impacted my self-worth. So when it comes to money, I grew up, money is scarce. There's not enough. Money takes my mom away from me out of the house. You know, money's just this bad thing. Combine that with my self-worth and guess what happens? It's a perfect recipe for self-sabotage. Now, maybe it's not money that's causing you to self-sabotage, but if you're like most people out there, you're probably sabotaging yourself in some way. Now, we all have this like limit, this upper limit, and that's our happiness limit. And once we get past this limit, we feel like we are out of our comfort zone. You're like, oh my gosh, life is going so well. When's it going to go bad? Like, I, I've heard people say that before, where it's like, dang, things are going so well. It's just a matter of time when something bad's going to happen. It's like, why do you think that? Why do you have that mentality? Where does that mindset come from? Don't you deserve great things? Why can't it always be good? Sure, there's going to be trials and tribulations, but you can still have good things happen and you can still find happiness and peace amidst the bad crap in life that happens. I guarantee you, I've been there. Think about this. A lot of us self-sabotage. So we get above that line and we're like, whoa, like we are living in the danger zone because it's just a matter of time when bad things are going to happen. It's just going to bring us back down. So guess what we do? We bring ourselves down first, back to that line. The hypothetical line, that limit that we put on ourselves because of our small selves. Okay. So we have to raise that limit. We have to overcome this. Otherwise we will always self-sabotage. So I know people that have money in their account and they will spend every last dollar and go into debt. And when I ask them why they do this, they're like, I don't know. I just like, when I see it there, I just spend it. So I oftentimes wonder, do you believe that you don't deserve to have wealth? Do you believe that you don't deserve to have this money? Do you feel guilt or shame because people around you, they're not making a lot of money? Did you grow up in poverty? So your parents have a lot of money. So you feel bad that you have money, that you're successful. So you bring yourself down. Think about the people you hang out with. Are they building you up or are they tearing you down? Look at yourself. Are you the person building other people up? Or are you tearing people down? If we're hanging around with people that, you know, don't have the same motivations and goals and morals and beliefs and everything else as us, 
guess what? We're going to bring ourselves down to the lowest common denominator. That's just human nature. So when it comes to spending, sometimes we have to get into our psyches and understand what's really going on here. What's our relationship with money? Okay, so whatever you need to do, if it's professional help that you need to seek, if it's just self-reflection and you need to just have some time with yourself to understand what's really going on, whatever it is that you may need, I highly recommend that you take care of it sooner rather than later because it's not going to go away on its own. Now, like I mentioned, we all have our small selves that impact our day-to-day living. So what is our small self? So our small self is the side of us that is very self-centered. It seeks validation. It's driven by short-term gratification. It's egocentric. It's prideful, right? It's insecure. It's jealous. It's all these bad things. That's our small selves. We all have our small selves. And sometimes our small selves will take over in our lives. So if you feel jealousy, if you feel hatred, anger, resentment, fear, anxiety, this self-centeredness, selfishness, this drive to like seek validation, to be right, to be the know-it-all, that's your small self peeking through. You know, just the other day, I was talking to my wife about this idea of being wrong. And so I want to throw this in here for you who are listening. Why is it that we are sometimes afraid of being wrong? Like, what is it? Why do we hate being wrong? Why do we not like to receive criticism or feedback from people? And I think it's because if we're wrong, we feel like we're not going to be loved. Because if you're wrong, you're bad. And if you're bad, you don't deserve love. But that's what we got to fix is our self-worth. Like oftentimes, like our self-worth gets in the way. Like, trust me, I've been there. I've struggled with that before in my life. Off and on. Sometimes I feel great in life. Sometimes I feel like the biggest piece of crap. Okay. So let's be real here. Your self-worth is going to drive your small self. So if your small self doesn't feel worthy of love, if your small self is constantly seeking validation or short-term gratification, if it's self-centered and it's egocentric and it's prideful, guess what? You're going to have a bad relationship with money. You're going to go out and buy stuff to seek the approval of other people. You're going to go buy stuff so you can overcome your jealousy or so you can compete with other people. Don't compete with people, cooperate with people, build a network. It's not about impressing people. It's about influencing people. That's what it comes down to. If you don't fix these things, you'll just go out there and make more and more money and you'll be more and more miserable. Guarantee you. Okay, so you may be listening to this and you're like, Steve, it's so easy for you to sit here on this podcast and just say this stuff. I say this because I genuinely care about you. And I have worked with a lot of executives and business professionals and entrepreneurs who are very successful, who make a ton of money. And we have this conversation all the time. And money does not buy happiness. I know a lot of rich people that don't have that peace and joy in their life. It's missing, even though they have a ton of money. And when that occurs for a long period of time, guess what? They fail, they fall, they struggle, they suffer, and they deal with a lot of pain. That's what I hope to help you to avoid. Okay, so that's why I love this community. That's why I love the Boosting Your Financial IQ platform is because I get to connect with people from all over the world and I get to share my insights. 
So today I went on kind of a rant and I talked about a lot of different things related to overspending. Now, maybe you were expecting me to provide you with some magical formula or some special app to follow to control your your spending. But guess what? Even if you have the best app with all this artificial intelligence and it knows your behaviors and it automates all this stuff and it takes control of your life, like at the end of the day, it's not going to change your spending. Maybe it'll give you more visibility and you're like, oh crap, you know, I do spend a lot of money here and there, but like you have to change your mindset. You have to change your patterns. You have to avoid temptation. If you overspend every time you go out to the mall, if you overspend when you go out to dinner, you have to avoid those situations. Look, if you're an alcoholic, the last place you want to hang out is, is at the bar. The same kind of thing is if you spend your money and you're a shopaholic, don't spend time online or at the mall. Avoid those places. But the final thing I'm going to say with overspending, and it goes back to that mindset, is really understanding your unique purpose. I believe we are all placed on this earth for a very specific reason. And that reason, most of the time, if not all the time, is to impact the lives of other people. You have the opportunity. It doesn't matter if you're listening in India right now or in Brazil or Costa Rica or New York City or in China or wherever you are in the world. You have the ability and you have the power to influence people's lives. And here's my bet. If you're listening to a podcast called Boosting Your Financial IQ, you are probably an ambitious person. You probably have goals. You're smart and you have the ability to influence more people's lives than you otherwise would. I had this 18-year-old reach out the other week. His name's Marco. He showed up to the, the Zoom call with me in a suit and tie. I was super impressed by this kid. I was thinking when I was 18 years old, I wasn't even at that level. Like, oh my gosh, how much more successful is Marco's gonna be in his life compared to where I was? Like, very, very impressed with this kid. And he wants to live a better life. He wants to live a better financial life. And that just provides me so much encouragement. So you have to ask yourself, what do you believe in? What's your ethos? What's your purpose? And then use money as a vehicle to go accomplish that purpose. Look, if you're just trying to make money just to make more money, you could do that, but it's not going to create more fulfillment. I guarantee you. I've been there. I've done that. Instead, when you look at money as not a means to satisfy your small self, your ego, but as a means to enlarge your impact on the world, oh my gosh, the future looks so bright. And how exciting is that? I've traveled to 39 countries. Remember, my goal is 50 countries by 50. I've seen a lot of things. I have so much more to see. But that's what drives me. Money is a tool to give me financial freedom so I could go out there and do whatever I want to fulfill my purpose, to help impact people across the world. That's my purpose. That's what money is for me. You have to figure out what money means to you. What money means to Steve doesn't mean it's the same thing for you. You have to figure out what it means for you. But I believe in you. And if you have a spending issue and you can find your purpose and you twist the way you look at money from spending money to satisfy your small self to using money as a tool to enlarge and empower your big self, when you pay yourself first, like I talked about at the beginning of this episode, by making those automatic transfers, 
So money just goes right out of your check into these future accounts that will allow you to grow your money and set yourself up for future financial success. That's when your life's going to change. So hopefully this episode was helpful for everybody out there. Like I said, there are no gimmicks out there. There are no apps. There, There's no special stuff that's going to help you to totally control your spending. It may empower you in certain ways, but really it starts within you. So please reach out to me. What did you think of this episode? Did this resonate with you? Am I way off? Do you disagree? Do you agree? Is this inspiring to you? Is this demotivating to you? Like, I'd love to hear your thoughts because trust me, I'm not the end all be all when it comes to financial knowledge. These are just things that I've learned over the years as I've worked with companies, you know, all over the place of all different sizes with entrepreneurs and wealthy people and people who are struggling. These are just my experiences. So connect with me. Let me know what your thoughts are. I would love to hear your ideas and your feedback. Steve at BYFIQ.com is my email. You can shoot me an email or you can connect on whatever social platform, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm active on both of those platforms. You can reach out there and uh, give me your feedback and just say hi. I hope you have a great week. And if you have a spending issue, give yourself some grace. Be kind to yourself. Be patient. You're growing. You're learning. You're hearing this stuff and your brain is going to start putting in motion the steps that you need to take in order to get control of your life and to start living a better financial life. I believe in you. I absolutely believe in you. Okay. Have a great week. And until next week's episode, take care of yourself. Cheers. Hey, real quick. If you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing. If you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again.